This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bove and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. 38-3. to Matt Bove, Sal Capaccio, joining you after the Bills. What's the word? What do we want to use? Stomp? Smush? Like, what's the, what's the proper word here? I mean, I used dominate, but I think that's just too kind of common, right? I mean, we could use yeah. so many different adjectives to describe this one. It was, it really was pretty incredible how the Bills beat the Steelers in whatever adjective you want to call it. I saw an unbelievable tweet. I don't know who put it out there, but the Bills scored the game winning play less than one minute into the game. <laughs> <laughs> think about that. They scored their first touchdown. I think 50 seconds into the game. That was enough to win the game. Those seven points that they scored on the 98 yard pass from Josh Allen to Gabe Davis. I mean, the bills dom, like you said, dominated, just destroyed whatever really word you want to use. It was, it was never a doubt. It was one of those games. The last couple of weeks, people have come up to both of us and they've been like, guys, when is this team going to go back to the dominating wins instead of these close games? Like we, we can't take this for 17 weeks. Well, you didn't have to take it today because a minute into this one, they scored the game winning points in the game. So yeah. And, and this is going to sound crazy, Sal. And I think there's probably going to be people who are listening to this and they're like, what is Matt talking about? I don't even think the bills played close to their best game. Of oh my God. Today. No, they oh made God. so many, not so many, they made several mistakes that I don't think they normally make that would have had this, uh, this would have been a 50 burger easy. I mean, think about it. It They had, they had a Josh Allen interception in the red zone on a pass that was late and Levi Wallace makes the interception. They had a Quentin Morris fumble on first and goal from the one that would have took, you know, took seven points off the board and they had a missed or a blocked field goal right there. That's 17 points. Yeah, this game should have been even more of a dominant performance on the scoreboard than it actually was. But as it was, Matt, <laughs> yeah. pretty incredible domination from the Bills. I want to run by a couple of stats. I did some research on this. I had to write my arrow up, arrow down column for WGR550.com. And just before you and I started doing this, I, I published it. But part of what I do is when I do the column, I kind of have to put some things in perspective. So I go back and look and I research and I went to pro football reference and it just stuck out to me. The bills had 10.2 yards per play. And I want to just tell everybody how incredible this is. 10.2 yards a play is the third highest in a game in NFL history. Dang. History. Dang. That's bananas. 10.2 yards. The only other uh, time, 1972, the Jets actually had 10.6 yards of play against the Baltimore Colts. And then just five years ago in 2017, the Chiefs had 10.3 yards of play and a loss against the Jets, by the way. But 
The Bills, 10.2, is the third highest in the history of this league. This is historical domination, what the Bills had today. Their previous high for uh, yards per play, 9.3 in 2000 against the Seattle Seahawks. That was, they just shattered that record. That goes to show you um, just how much they were dominant in the big play ability. They also had, incredibly, 10 plays of 21 or yards yards or more, five plays of 31 yards or more. Matt, we haven't even begun talking about the defense. <laughs> this is just on offense. What the bills did today, the big playability, the quick strike ability, touchdown drives, get this one folks, touchdown drives of one play, two plays, three plays, another two plays and eight plays. That's incredible. Yeah. Also, you think Gabe Davis is healthy? What a difference that guy wow. can make. Just extending, stretching the field and just beating teams over the top. An unbelievable throw from Josh Allen. You were down on the field, so you had a better feel of it than I did. But it looked like on that first touchdown, so the 98 yard pass, it looks like that from the press box was dead into the wind. Oh, and it was, it was just it was. perfect right into his hands. He split the two. I think he split. Levi Wallace and I don't know if it was Fitzpatrick, but it was somebody else in the secondary split the two of them. Josh hits him over the top 98 yard touchdown. So that play was huge. Then obviously you have the one handed catch where he um, pulls it away from Fitzpatrick. That was exceptional. And then like he had the really nice, pretty pass touch pass to Shakir. He had several big runs in this game. Quinton Morris had a big catch. They did this without on offense, at least. No Dawson Knox, mm-hmm. no Isaiah McKenzie, no Jamison Crowder, no Jake Kumaro. So they are, you know, a little bit of a ways down the depth chart here. I mean, Khalil Shakir, we've talked about a lot on this podcast. He's a fifth round pick from this season, and he was making a difference today. Stefan Diggs, they're using him how they need to. 11 targets, over 100 yards, a touchdown. Once again, one of the best players on the field. Gabe Davis was Mr. Efficient. Josh Allen, we said, had a couple throws that he normally makes that he probably wants back, but, you know, still casually went over 400 yards, four touchdowns, added a bunch of rushing yards, probably going to be the AFC Offensive Player of the Week, and just building on to this MVP resume that he has started five weeks into the season. Yeah, no doubt. By the way, we're uh, over five minutes into this. We might as well. Uh, we, we we haven't even told everybody. I'm Sal. You're Matt. You're like, thanks for coming. Right. I uh, just want to make sure everybody knows who we are talking to you on this. Always yeah. Buffalo podcast. There's so much to get to, but I want to go back to what you talked about in those uh, touchdown passes. Yes, Matt, I was on the field and that was dead into the wind. That wind was a lot of times it swirls down there. It really wasn't, especially early in the game. It was going really from left to right. If you're watching on TV from the scoreboard end to the tunnel end. And that's where Josh was throwing it after a disastrous start and a kick return that was fumbled <laughs> by Taiwan Jones and the bill started at their two yard line, three plays later, he hits Gabe Davis on a rope and yeah, they beat Minka. I think Levi was back there. By the way, I think Minka Fitzpatrick, he Minka Fitzpatrick, excuse me. He was just, he was playing on one leg today. It seemed like he was hobbling mm-hmm. around or maybe not hobbling, but he was, he was definitely playing catch up on a lot of guys and including then on that play against Gabe Davis, the second touchdown, which I want to talk about for a second. If you go back and watch the replay, everyone, Gabe Davis tipped the ball with one hand into make Fitzpatrick's belly. Fitzpatrick yeah. had it. And then Gabe turned around essentially and ripped it out of his belly. They crossed the goal line kind of simultaneous. I would even say Matt, Minka had the ball more than Gabe had the ball. Like he had more of the possession or leverage, if you will, on the ball, Gabe ripped it out and said, no, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I get this. This is after Gabe Davis arguably may have should have been able to break up an interception from Levi Wallace in the end zone earlier than that. This time he wasn't going to be denied. And then Josh Allen overall on his day, just to give you his numbers here and to put it in perspective, Josh Allen on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers, everyone set a bills franchise record for a non overtime game for yards passing. The previous record was 417 yards set by drew Bledsoe in 2002 in a non overtime game. Josh Allen had 424, and he didn't play really <laughs> almost all the fourth quarter. I was kind of thinking, I told this to somebody at the press box. I don't remember who I was having the conversation with and they were like, why is Josh Allen still in the game? It was after the 
It was after the drive, I think, when Quentin Morris had the fumble. We had the and same he, conversation in the uh, on the radio for sure. And he, and he came out again for one more drive. And the question was, why is Josh Allen still in the game? Which is an incredibly valid question. I don't think he should have been in the game. I honestly think he's still in the game to continue to build an MVP rest. I think the bills want him to win most valuable player. I think they want him to put up just bananas numbers. And I think he's capable of it. I also think that they really do value spreading the wealth out. This was a big Brian Dable thing back in the day, but I believe that they find value in trying to have other people on the offense, get a taste of success so they can lean on them more down the road. There is a reason they try to shuffle past a Quentin Morris. Today we saw Carl Shakir's first touchdown. We saw Isaiah Hodgins first NFL catches. We saw Kyer Elam's first interception. We saw James Cook's first touchdown. Like Brian Dable would never publicly, I don't think say this, but they absolutely were going for the record a couple of years ago of trying to have the most players on offense, catch a touchdown or record, you know, get a touchdown. They came up short. I'm sure they're still trying to do it right now. Even with Dable no longer there, they take pride in that. So I don't think that that reward outweighs the risk of having Josh Allen on the field, but I do think there is something to it. I think that's why those guys are still out there. And I think that's exactly why I agree hundred percent with you. I think that's exactly why they tried a shovel pass to Quentin Morris to get him that fifth touchdown for Josh to have five, Josh have five yes, exactly. extra guy, get one, right? I think it was part of the deal there. You know, the bills actually Josh threw a ball into the end zone. Like I said, for Gabe Davis, you could argue that he had six touchdown passes today, but I mean, you know, those things happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quentin Morris wound up fumbling on that play, but yeah, you're hundred percent right. Let's go back to what you said about Khalil Shakir a little while ago, James Cook, Kyrie Elam, Matt, the common thread is, 2022 draft class. This was a great day for the bills front office. The 2022 draft class stepped up big. Khalil Shakir had 75 yards and his first NFL touchdown. James cook finally gets going a little bit, has his first NFL touchdown. Kyrie Elam, who, by the way, they picked on a little bit early in the game. They were Mm -hmm. testing him, comes up with his first career interception. And Oh, by the way, Terrell Bernard comes in and has six total tackles. So this was a great day for the bills. 2022 draft class for the front office to feel good about him and for the bills to say, look, we have depth. We can rely on when guys are down, when guys are out, you know, they haven't rushed anybody back and they don't need to rush anybody back, Matt. They, I think they're really building that confidence for those players to be in this situation and the way they perform today kind of exudes that confidence throughout the team, throughout the locker room and the fan base. 38 to three players that they did not have on the field that are notable. Tredavious white. We expect him back sometime relatively soon. Jordan Poyer. I think if this was a more important game or a game later in the season, we would have probably seen him on the field. Same thing can be said for Tremaine Edmonds. He missed this game. Dawson Knox. He did not play in this game. Micah Hyde. Obviously we know what happened with him. He's going to miss the rest of the season. Christian Benford, who started the year at corner instead of Kyrie Elam is not of not available we think will be soon. Isaiah McKenzie didn't clear concussion protocol. He missed this game. Jake Kumaro looks like he's going to come back relatively soon with a high ankle sprain. We just said one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players, eight players who played significant roles on this team that were not on the field today. And they still won 38 to three. And I think that they've gotten through We've talked a lot and a lot of people have talked about the gauntlet that was the beginning of their schedule and they have two. Well, they have one incredibly tough game coming up in one game against the Packers. I don't think the Packers are that good. I think they're going to beat the Packers, but the chiefs really, really tough. I think most bills fans at the beginning of the year, let's say they split these games and we're getting ahead of ourselves. There's a chance they could lose both. There's a chance that they could win both, but if they split these next two games and they start the season five and two after those seven games that they had, I think most bills fans would have been like, yeah, absolutely. We might run the table after that. They won't because weird things happen in this league, but they are setting themselves two weeks ago. We were recording a podcast after they lost to the dolphins and they were two and one, and they weren't even in first place in their division. At that point, they now have the best record in the AFC. We are recording this on Sunday night. If the chiefs, if the chiefs win tomorrow, they will have the best record. The bills and the chiefs will both be four and one. I think the chiefs have the tiebreaker at that point. So next Sunday, that game is for first in the AFC. And I understand how much football is left to be played, but Imagine if the bills are in first place in the AFC after playing the seven games at the schedule at the start of the year that they had, 
Yeah, I mean, that's a great point because right now the separation is starting to happen after three, four weeks. You know, everybody's bundled up. We talk, we saw Miami obviously have a nice start to the season. We saw them lose to the Jets on Sunday. They're falling back to the pack, and the Bills are getting back to what I would say is their rightful spot of where everybody expected them to be in the AFC. I want to bring up one more point before we get to a quick timeout. Today was a great day, not just for the Bills on the field and the scoreboard. Matt, with all their injuries, I'm pretty sure they came out of this game clean. The only two issues that they had, I think, were Von Miller's cramp and Taron Johnson's cramp. I, I don't remember or recall because I get the injury reports right there on the sidelines. That's my job as the radio sideline reporter. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm pretty sure that was it. I don't think there was anything else for a Buffalo Bills player in this game. Jordan Phillips hamstring, re-injured hamstring. hamstring. Thank you very much for reminding me. But he went back in the game. But he went back in the game. Went yes. back in the game. But you're right. You're right. So if 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 Jordan was good enough to go back in the game and they think yep. he's okay, they came out completely clean. But that's something we're going to have to monitor. You mentioned Isaiah McKenzie. We'll see where that goes. He he didn't wind up playing the concussion protocol situation there. I was very surprised by that, by the way. Me too. I, I, re- I, I really you think it had anything to do with the new protocols and what they're putting in place. A little bit, honestly. Yeah. I think it's like just kind of err on the side of caution yep. and make yep. sure yep. that you, you don't want to be that team, right? You don't want to be that team. And I really do think I know the cliches. It's hard to win in the NFL. Every game is difficult. I really do think that if they played the Chiefs this week, Jordan Poyer would have been on the field. Tremaine Edmonds would have been on the field. Isaiah McKenzie would have been on the fields. The list goes on, but because they were playing a team at home that they know they're better than, I think they were being overcautious with a lot of those players. I I really do. Nobody would ever say that they would never admit that, but that's how I feel. And, and, And I'll say this. I agree with you, but I don't think they held him out necessarily for the chiefs. I think they held him out with the big picture in mind. Exactly. It just so happens the chiefs are the next team, mm-hmm. but I, I do think I agree with you that they were, whole, they're going to play the long game here because they have the roster to do it, yeah. right? They have the depth to do it and say, we don't have to push these guys. We can, we can play, we can win with the guys that we have behind them. And today was kind of the perfect storm and perfect scenario to prove that. So let's, um, let's step aside just for a second. And then let's talk about the defense because the offense put up some great numbers, uh, but the defense, they were able to obviously do their part as well. Hey, it's Sal Capaccio from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of your day, your weekly source for all things Buffalo Bills. Right on time, your time. In the car, navigate the streets with NFL wisdom in your ear. We accompany every errand you need to run. Washing the windows or vacuuming the carpets? Don't just clean, conquer. Podcasts make you more productive because we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow It's Always Game Day in Buffalo in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove. It is always game day in Buffalo. It's the podcast. We invite you to subscribe. Uh, we ask you to do that. Uh, make sure you throw us a nice rating, five-star review, and then you're always going to get the next podcast in your podcast uh, browser, whatever you use, iTunes, Spotify, it doesn't matter. So for the fourth out of five games this season, <laughs> Buffalo Bills pitched a shutout in the second half. And the only points they give up in this game were a three-pointer, a field goal, Otherwise, I mean, obviously the Steelers started going for it on fourth downs. That matters, you know, as you get later in the game, but Matt, I don't know what else you could ask this defense to do. I mean, they just, even when it looks like another team's starting to drive, they just come up with a critical stop and a critical play whenever they need it. Yeah. And it was weird because they start the game and the Steelers move down the field with ease. And something that a lot of us have kind of jokingly talked about was it's almost like the bills allow teams to have some semblance of success on their first drive of the game, just to see what they're doing. And then they basically just pull the rug out from under them and they go, Nope, you're not going to do this anymore. Now you've got to try and make these adjustments. And it ultimately, you know, ends up really hurting the other team. 
it's it's bend but don't break it's make big plays at big moments it's be super efficient when you let them get down the field into the red zone it's not like they're doing one thing in particular that is so unbelievably effective i mean right. the steelers were 5 of 15 on third downs so you know they were 33% good for the bills but not like okay that was the game changer turnover wise the Bills had two turnovers, but one of those was a special teams turnover. The other one was the Elam interception. So the turnover battle was 2-2. It's not like it was – what was the other – why am I blanking? Oh, it was the Quentin Morris fumble. I was going to say yeah. the Josh Allen interception. Where was it? Okay, so it was the Quentin Morris fumble. So it, it was a little bit of everything. I mean, they were getting after the quarterback, but it's not like – it was nonstop constant pressure, or at least it didn't seem like it from watching the game from the press box. There were times when they got home. There were times when Pickett was able to escape and also, yeah, it's they're just, they're real. Every time I think they're going to give up a big play or get burned, they make a big play. They, they're really, really impressive. I mean, we just said seven points in the second half in five games of the season, you start talking, I'm going to add up how many points they've given up all year. I could probably just do it in my head, but <laughs> no, you, you probably can't. And it's yeah, 10, it about... was, it was 10 points against right. the Rams. It was seven against the Titans. So we're at 17. It was, what was it? 21 20. against 21 against the dolphins. So Ooh. we're at 39, excuse me, 38 Yep. week four, 58. Oh my God. They've given up 61 points in five games. Pretty amazing. <laughs> Their point differential must be ridiculous. Yeah. Well, coming into this game, I'll tell you right now, uh, coming into this game, I have, I'll just bring this up right here. They they were leading the league in point differential. Um, it got bigger today. Yeah, their their difference in points per game was 14 on average. Oh my and then God, you add in what happened today. Plus 91. They were giving up. They were giving up only 14 and a half points a game on defense. Obviously that's going to lower as well. Um, this is just a terrific defense and you know, the system is great, right? I mean, we talk about it all the time. You could plug all these players in the system of Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier. And I think a game like today just really shows that when you have Kyrie Elam, Dane Jackson, Jaquan Johnson, Demar Hamlin, I mean, you could make an argument that literally the four starters were out and all four were backups. And the only starter was Taron Johnson. And why do I say that? Well, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Christian Benford, Tredavious White, right? I mean, that would be the four starters. Um, they're just coming at you in waves. All these guys can play. They have the system down. And and today, Sunday, if you're listening to this after today <laughs> is um, it's kind of a, uh, it's a really glowing endorsement, obviously, like I said, for the front office, but what it really does, Matt too, is, it gives those guys more reps. It gives those guys more confidence mm -hmm. going forward. You're not just throwing out because if one has to go in against Kansas city, it's not like they're seeing the field for the first time, right? Or mm -hmm. against green Bay. They're not seeing the field for the first time. Defense was very good today. Um, I don't know if you want to highlight any standouts. I know we just talked about the secondary How about even Terrell Dodson getting, a I was going to say Terrell Dodson go had ahead. a really effective game. I mean, Terrell yeah. Dodson had seven combined tackles. He had a sack. It yep. was a cheap sack. It was Kenny Pickett running off to the side for like a two yard loss. And he touched him on the way out. So that was the sack, but still 11 total tackles, a sack. He had a really strong game. He made some big splash plays for the bills. He was just very effective. And I also want to give a shout out. I know he had the interception, but it was a rough start for Elam. He was getting targeted. I think I tweeted yes, that for the first was. time this year, he looks like a rookie. He is going, he's getting picked on a bit, but he really turned it around. The interception was kind of the line in the sand. And after that, he just looked like everything calmed down a little bit. I'm really interested to see whenever they get healthy, who they roll out with as their base starters. Cause it's going to be Tredavious white. I'm really interested to see who they start on the opposite side of him. I think it's going to be Dane, but man, like Elam until today, until the first half of today has been super solid. Benford was playing super solid before he got injured. It's good that they have options because injuries are inevitable. They will happen again. And the bills like to keep people fresh. They'll like to rotate guys in and out, but kudos to Elam for bouncing back. Also, Demar Hamlin's really good. Yeah. Demar Hamlin looks like he could be a really nice find for the bills. Mm -hmm. I will say I didn't love the hit personally. I thought I, I know by the letter of the law, 
it was a clean hit. But I think if that happened to Josh, Bills fans would lose their mind. I agree with you. Did you hear Mike Tomlin's response after the game? No, I did not. What did he say? Mike Tomlin was asked about the hit. He said, did you have a problem with it? I, I love Mike Tomlin. He said, I don't have a problem with DeMar Hamlin. He's a great kid. He said he's from Pitt. He said, I have a problem with the, how the referees officiated the call. That's what he said. So yes, he had a problem with it. He had a problem with them not calling it the way it should be called. He said, this is not on tomorrow. Tomorrow's playing hard. I have no problem with that. Um, he said it should have been called. Uh, yeah, there was a debate about that, but tomorrow got up. Kenny Pickett got up. They played college together. Obviously yeah. they each other. And they were okay, but he goes hard. That's, but that's Demar Hamlin. He's going to go hard. Um, he's going to play to the whistle. He's going to play hard. He can come off the edge a little bit and blitz a little bit from the safety spot. And then we saw what he could do also in the secondary as well as get this. I'm going to, I can't believe this stat I saw today after the game. I'm looking through the box score and it just jumps out at me. Saran Neal, who, what, how many plays did he play? Maybe 20. I don't even know. I saw this stat too. And I, it blew my mind when I saw Saran Neal had four pass breakups, four credited <laughs> with four official pass breakups. I want to tell everybody out there. If you get one in a game, that's good. There are only 10 players in the whole league that have had more than four for the season. <laughs> Mika Fitzpatrick leads the NFL with six pass breakups going into today. <laughs> Saran Neal four, and he played maybe 20 snaps, man. I would have got, if you asked me but, but until I saw that stat, if you asked me on the podcast tonight, how many snaps did Saran Neal get in this game on defense? I would have said, I don't know, five, maybe, <laughs> maybe 10. I don't know. And he had four pass breakups. He, uh, they they're so lights out by the way. Von Miller had another sack today. Yes, basically, he did. Uh, basically every week at this point, AJ Epinesa also had another sack. Do we at all think that there's going to be any further discipline because of the AJ Epinesa thing that he got thrown out? Of um, I think you're probably looking at a fine. I doubt That's it. what I'm thinking. No, I don't think yeah. so. And I didn't, I didn't see the replay. He apparently he just brushed the official or something. I don't, well, it didn't look like anything intentional. Correct. It looks like, well, it looked intentional, but it didn't look like he knew it was an, I mean, I just saw the replay. He kind of aggressively turned, like somebody bumped into him and he kind of aggressively turns and right. like elbows them a little bit, but I'm assuming he thought it was a Steelers player shoving him, but right. it was actually an official. So he kind of aggressively turns and then the official, you know, screams and he puts his hands up. I don't know if he put his hands up and was like, Hey, you pushed me. Or if he was like, I didn't know who it was. I just saw it from the TV replay. So but it, it didn't look like it was anything like malicious or anything right. that would warrant anything further so. than a small fine or something. And, like and then, you know, there's a, a fight after Hamlin's hit, then, he, um, you know, Hamlin gets jacked up and then everybody kind of pours over there. And that's like kind of right in front of me. And I'm watching. I, the only time I was ever like seriously in one of those things was that other fight against Jacksonville, which was Shaq Lawson. Then Shaq I, got into this one too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? I was right in the middle of that. That yes. was one the adrenaline from that day was, <laughs> it was amazing. I, I felt like I jumped out of an airplane after I was in that fight. Well, I, was so like, this I don't is know insane. if you guys in the press box noticed this. Did you see that towards the end of the game um, after there was another little skirmish and Shaq mm -hmm. was involved in that AJ gets thrown out. Sean McDermott, AJ Epinesa had to go had to leave the game. Sean McDermott, I'm guessing it was him, also had Shaq Lawson go in yes. early. Shaq Lawson yeah. went to the tunnel early. I think it's because the Bills did not want Shaq and something, someone else on the Steelers going at it in the tunnel because, as we talked about, that tunnel, one way in, one way out, both teams, recipe mm -hmm. for something to happen in situations like that, like it happened with Shaq and Leonard Fournette a few years ago, right? Mm -hmm. um, so he went in a little bit early. So I think, yeah, we'll see. Maybe some fines. Uh, come out of that game. Hey, let me ask you, what did you think of Kenny Pickett? I actually thought he did pretty good. I, I don't I like think he was. Game. Yeah. I liked his game. I don't think he was out of this world's good, but I also think that he absolutely held his own. Oh, I mean, yeah. I think that some of the blame, a lot of people in Pittsburgh will probably be saying the same things that he did a good job. He had a good start. You can't put this on him. But I do think that the quarterback should have some responsibility for only scoring three points. So I think that he did a good yeah. job. If I was going to give it a grade, I'd say it was a B. Like very commendable first NFL start against a really good defense in a tough situation. I think that he's got a nice kind of trajectory. 
there's some weapons there in Pittsburgh. Pickens looks like he's going to be awesome. Yeah. I really like Deontay. I think he's a solid, solid player. Chase Claypool, I don't get. Like Chase Claypool has a bunch of talent, but I just don't understand why it doesn't seem to be working there. I mean, yeah, a lot you, of people, you and a lot of Steelers fans. Yeah, a lot. Everybody in Pittsburgh is like trade the guy for anything. Right. Trade him for a dozen Timbits or something. And I, I don't know. It's a weird one to me. So I, I liked Kenny Pickett's game. I would say I would give him a B. How about you? Okay. So I really like this game. You know what I really like though? And I know Steelers fans, you know, you see this, they see the game through your own prism. Mm-hmm. They hate Matt Canada, right? They hate their offensive coordinator. I thought Matt Canada did a really good job to move the pocket and keep Kenny Pickett on the run and rolling out and calling plays to his strength. I mean, that's what you have to do. It's not Matt Canada's fault really that the offense has no talent. Um, you know, the offensive line isn't that good. And I mean, they do have some talented wide receivers, like you pointed out, but they can't run the ball. They, they were one dimensional. I'm not saying he's a great offensive coordinator. I'm saying, I think you need to kind of understand the situation he's in as well. I thought he did a good job to roll Pickett out, but I thought Pickett looked good. I thought he did some nice things. He made some good reads. He made some nice plays. Now the bills were giving him a lot of garbage, garbage time yards at the end of the game, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the game is over. The bills are letting everybody stay in front of them. The dude threw for three twenty-seven. I think it was right. Yeah. Um, at 50, at 52 attempts. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he has a nice debut as far as numbers, but like you said, Matt, only three points on the board. And that's a reflection of the offense and, and the quarterback and the guy pulling the trigger on the offense as well. So I, I can I, ahead. can I add one more thing? Yeah. I know you just said that you really like Mike Tomlin. I really like Mike Tomlin, the leader, the motivator. I hate some of the, t- the decisions that they make. I think they are goals when you're down 30 points. Yeah. But like ball, don't lie. Like the, the really egregious one was it would have been fourth and five and they went for the field goal that would have made it instead of a 21 point deficit. It would have made it an 18 point deficit. I don't know what that does. Boswell misses it anyway, because ball don't lie. And these are the football gods punishing them for stupid decisions. It's not like it's you're cutting it to 16 where you can get two touchdowns and two two point conversions. No, it's right. just like give your, you're a 14 point underdog on the road, starting a rookie quarterback, like give your team a puncher's chance. You're going into it playing scared. I, like, I don't understand that. It, it makes me realize when we complain about the bills, not being aggressive enough, they are still so much more aggressive than so many teams in the league. So yeah, many of them. It, it's just Mind Kermit actually has very good, like, um, numbers as far as when he should go when for should it, go when he should like, go for it. Yes. They're the, best, the charts and graphs best in the best in the league right now. Did the bills only punt once. I think today, Sunday? In the, I don't, I don't know. I think Sam Martin only punted once. I got to look to make sure I know it was a fourth and one and the fans got mad when he came out to punt. They didn't want it, but my, you know, they weren't going to rub it in. I guess he felt, well, maybe I'll just go. It was two punts. He had two punts. He averaged, uh, 55 yards on an average in the re- and you know, two uh, both were touchbacks. So, oh yeah, they were both like right there. Maybe Saran Neal again had a chance for a really great um, stop to down the ball before the goal line, but he didn't. But anyway, the point is I was just looking at Sam Martin. The bills did have a block punt today. They had the fumbled kickoff blocked field goal. Excuse me. They had the fumbled kickoff. Yep. They had the blocked field goal. The Tyler bass got blocked. That looks weird. That looks like it kicked was like really low. Well, it was a longer kick into the wind. So you have That's to keep it low. Mr. Golfer over here. I mean, what happens when you got a longer shot into the wind in golf? Yeah, but it almost like, like too low. Like I know it has yeah. to go oh, low to kind of cut under the for wind, sure. For sure. but it almost looked like he just kicked it into the defensive line. Well, as I like to always, you know, kind of point out when games like this happen, a coach's dream is to win big, but have a lot of things that you need to correct at practice. Like, Mm -hmm. that's great. You can keep their attention and say, Hey, what you said, Matt was great at the beginning of this podcast, which is they didn't even play close to their best game. Like that's Sean McDermott saying, Oh yeah, I got you guys because yeah, we won, but we did not play our best game that that we are still in search of that as we go against Kansas city. So I think that's pretty cool. All right, Matt, let's um, answer some questions. You have some and just kind of, Bump around some other things that happened on Sunday in the league as well. 
Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so let's start with our around the league kind of check. Now, yep. full disclosure, we are recording this late Sunday night. The Ravens and Bengals are still playing, so we don't know who's going to win that game. Any specific matchups jump out to you from the day? I know we still have the Chiefs game against the Raiders tomorrow night, but how about any of the games that were played on Sunday? Anything stand out? Yeah, for sure. How about the Giants going to four and one? Let's Dable? go. I, I mean, know. Awesome. Dable. Western New York native coach, the bills. Obviously we know that offensive coordinator for the last several years gets the giants job. Joe Shane over there. They're four and one. They're reminding me a bit of the bills first year under McDermott and Bean. when in 2017, they broke the playoff drought when no one thought they were going to be good. People thought they were tanking, go to London and beat the Packers 27 to 22. And then the jets lay one on the dolphins 40 to 17. The dolphins are in disarray right now, Matt, with everything that's going on. And Teddy Bridgewater, who is backing up, Tua goes in for him and also suffers a head injury. I have to point out, I thought it was interesting that when they tweeted it out, I was on the sidelines. I read it while I was doing the bills game and the tweet said, Teddy Bridgewater has an elbow injury. And then the next sentence said, he's also being evaluated for head injury. I just thought it was kind of like burying the lead, you know, after everything that happened. Shocking. Right. I, I'm shocked. Right. They're burying the lead there. Yeah. I mean, those are both everything that you said. I definitely think is warranted. I want to elaborate a little bit though. Kudos to Brian Dable. That's awesome. The Packers might not be good. I really, I really right. don't think that they're that good. Right. I mean, Rogers, I still think would scare you. You, you wouldn't want to play against Rogers, but everything else about that team. They just don't have any playmakers. Also, I thought Detroit in the Patriots would have a pretty close game and the Patriots won 29, nothing with Bailey Zappi at quarterback or however you say it, 17 of 21, it right? Yep. Bailey Zappi, 17 of 21. So I was expecting more and I have no idea what to make of the AFC South. I guess the Titans are the best team in the AFC South. I thought for a little while it might be the Jags, but then they only score six points against Houston today at home. Right. What was that all about? I don't know, but it's weird because the Titans are probably the best team in that division. And the last time we saw the Titans, they lost 41 to seven to the bills. So like the Jags were this, Oh my God, the Jags, the Starling team, they're two and three now. Like, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if you look at the standings in the AFC, I know we talked about it a little bit earlier. So Buffalo is four and one They're at the top Kansas city. Let's assume for the sake of the conversation that they're going to beat the Raiders. They're going to be four and one. After that, it's just kind of a big cluster. There's a bunch of teams that are three and two, two and two, two and three. Nobody's really out of it except probably the Steelers. And if the Raiders lose to the chiefs tomorrow, they'll, they'll pretty much be out of it as well, but everybody's kind of bunched there. So yeah, I think officially, by the way, let's go back to if officially, if the, if the chiefs win to go to four and one, I think the bills would still be the one seed officially. It doesn't matter until they play because the bills already are three and one in the AFC, Matt, that is huge. They're three and one in the AFC. They already yep. have three wins in the AFC. I know they lost an AFC game, but so did the chiefs, right? So they mm-hmm. lost to the uh, Colts. The bills lost a division game to the dolphins, but the bills are already three and one in the AFC, which is really big because obviously at the end of the year, it might come down to those tiebreakers. Even if you lose head to head, you know, maybe, um, maybe with another team, you have to have that tiebreaker to get that second seed or that third seed uh, or whatever it comes down to. How about this? I told you the point differential earlier of the bills was plus 91. Guess what the next best point differential is in the AFC, like plus 70, something plus 33. It's amazing. That's the, and that's the chiefs. So you want to get, you want to get to questions? Yeah, let's go. I know you, uh, you tweeted it out. So what do you got? All right. Well, let's start with a couple of fun ones because we'll get to football in a second. Elena from ESPN. Our told friend Elena me I, I, yeah. She told me I better answer this on the podcast okay. and yes. she was going to be listening. Do you have a favorite fall leaves color? And she said that Joe Biscalia ignored her question earlier in the day. Do you I have mean, a favorite, do you have a favorite foliage color odd about it? But I will tell you that I don't even know. I think some, some trees actually 
aren't just for the fall. I always notice when I see red leaves. Okay. Like I'm like, you know, that's a really cool color for a tree, but I don't think it's just unique to fall. I just like the whole, I just like the whole thing. I like the whole foliage. I like actually Elena. I like when there's a, an area where there's a lot of different colors. That's what I like. That's a good answer. I, I was going to say, I like the really, really bright yellow. Some yeah. would say that they're like a really faint orange. I would say I really like the bright yellows that okay. you get during the fall. I also like those because it's easy to differentiate a golf ball from a bright, <laughs> from a bright yellow tree. Yes. And I spend I a lot it. of time in the rough, so I'm always dealing with that. All right. So a couple other ones, inter- like interesting that are a little bit more fun. What, what's your favorite soup flavor? This is from my, uh, Paul Ross, um, favorite soup. I, I really like Italian wedding soup. Good answer. Like Italian wedding. I like chicken noodle. Anything with like a, a chicken type broth is really good. Um, so I'll go with that for sure. I like tomato soup. Love tomato soup. I'm a big tomato basil guy. There you go. Love a nice tomato basil. All right. Also a big fan of Italian wedding. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's get back to like football. Cause that's <laughs> probably why most people are listening. Ryan Whalen. Should the bills be using Shakir more? Uh, he wow. asked like four different questions. Can they set a, se- a team sack record? What about Josh Allen winning MVP? Well, Let, let's focus on Shakir. Cause we had a couple questions about him. I, I thought they should be using Khalil Shakir more earlier in the season, but I understand why they haven't. And I think now he's forcing their hand. I think Khalil Shakir after the game he had on Sunday against the Steelers is going to kind of force their hand a little bit to put him on the field. But I don't, I mean, is that at the expense of Isaiah McKenzie? I guess maybe, but Isaiah, you want out there as well. He can do some nice things. He's a little different player. Um, and also Khalil's going to, you know, punt, uh, be the punt returner, but yeah, I, I think they, they need to use Khalil Shakir. I think he could be a really big part, Matt. I actually think Khalil Shakir is kind of like the perfect fit for this offense and what they want to do. I, I think his skill set really matches what they'd love to do on offense. I agree. I think that you can take Khalil Shakir and use him more than you were using him almost like a combination of what his role would have been and what Jamison Crowder's role would have been and blend that together. So your top target guys are still going to be going to be Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, and probably Isaiah McKenzie. But even after those three guys, there is certainly a role for a rookie who is going to make, you know, these plays that they can trust him to make. Honestly, I think of it a lot like the bill, very different skill sets, but I think of it a lot like the bills and how they used Gabe Davis during 2020 when it was his rookie year. Cause right. remember that year they had Stefan Diggs, they had John Brown and they had Cole Beasley. Gabe Davis was the guy that kind of came out of nowhere and surprised a lot of people as a rookie. And I think Shakir might do a little bit of the same. I don't think it'll be quite the production we saw from Gabe as a rookie, but I do think that there's a, enough of a role that I went and picked him up on a bunch of fantasy teams today. I like it. I like it for sure. Uh, we had a lot of talk about James cook last week. That run was really nice, but I, I don't have a problem with right now, how they're using or not using James cook. In fact, today, Sunday in the game, Devin Singletary, again, very efficient on the ground. He had like seven yards of carry six, seven yards of carry. He didn't get the ball a lot, but he so what seven yards of carry six carries 42 yards. So I, I think James cook time is going to come. And I think the way that they bring him along is fine. Um, I know he's put the ball on the ground. We've talked about that, why he's not playing, but I don't think that they have to rush that right now. All right. This is from Sarah. We haven't seen a trick play yet this year. Think we see something next week against Kansas city. I'll st- you want me to start? Or you want to start? Yeah, you go ahead. I don't think we see something because I think they're the best team in football. And I don't think you need to run trick plays when you're the best team in football. I, love I think it. that I think that they can beat any team without having to get in the tricks. Did you see the giants run their play today? The uh, little reverse they ran against the Packers for a touchdown. I did not Giant, know giants ran today, the same play they ran. The bills ran under Dable in Nashville last year when Dawson knocks through it. But in this situation, it wasn't thrown. It was run in eventually. Okay. Right. Yep. I, think, I mean, like kind of like Philly special essentially. Right. Um, but the giants did that. Brian Dable always had some sort of trick play for a primetime game in a big game. He always did. Whether that was John Brown throwing the ball against the Patriots, whether that was um, who was it, who threw the ball to um, was it John Brown? Maybe he threw it to Devin Singletary on, th- on Thanksgiving in Dallas. Might've been John, him. It yep. was, yep. it was, um, you know, he's always had something up his sleeve. Cole Beasley threw a Cole touchdown Beasley, a couple, t- yeah, right. once or twice. He did um, that. I mean, they, odds are they're not going to run a trick play, but I absolutely would not be surprised if they if they did because I think that they're just going to at some point they're going to run something to say like, yeah, 
you know, we're here and uh, you know, I'll say maybe a tackle eligible. If that counts as a trick play, I could see something like that. Yeah. I mean that uh, does that count as a trick play? I don't think so. I think it's just a, it's a little different, right? I mean, it's just like catches off guard. All right. So we've got a couple or more that we're going to get to. Uh, this is from T Biebs 25 chances of them extending Davis before his price skyrockets. Okay. Well, let me explain how this works for everybody. Um, Gabe Davis is allowed to sign an extension after this season. They can't do it during the season. They have to wait till he's been in the league three years because he was drafted. Um, So you have to wait three years. I don't think they will do that. I think they will say, look, he's under contract for another year. Uh, There's no rush on that. We're already paying one wide receiver, a lot of money in Stefan Diggs. Um, Let's see where it goes with Gabe Davis the rest of the year. Anyway. I mean, like this has happened though, where guys like, Terry McLaurin have said, Hey, I've been in the league three years. I want my money. AJ Brown been in the league mm-hmm. three years. I want my money. So they had to trade him. You hope it never comes to that, but I just don't see how Brandon Bean's going to have the money to do it and say, look, you're under contract for another year. Let's go do that. And you know, we'll figure it out as we go forward. I agree. All right. B mill Buffalo three. Will the bills make a deadline trade this year. And if so, what position, this is an interesting one. What do you, I, think? I think that there is a chance they make a deadline trade because they really realize the window that they're in and they yep. would like to go all in. I think the most likely position of them making a deadline move, huh? This is a tricky one. I'll, I'll, I'll answer what I think. Go ahead. Wide receiver. I think their injuries have really kind of thinned them out. They were, I mean, look, Tanner Gentry is he he's a, the consummate professional but he's getting called up right now to the active roster because they're thin. I I don't know if I want Tanner Gentry necessarily being a guy that the bills have to rely on as a depth receiver. No offense to him. Like I said, but I think you want to get better there and get a guy maybe in here. You talk about Odell and all that. Odell's not going to be ready till middle November trade deadline is in two weeks. And I think there's a lot of unknown. So to me, the most likely position would be offensive line. I'm sorry, wide receiver. And I would also say, I think offensive line would be in the mix. That's what I was going to say. I would say that if they had to, if I had to find one position, I would say a versatile offensive lineman that can do a little bit of everything because right now they have been fairly healthy on the offensive line. I know eventually they'll get back like Butker. They've got a couple other guys that they trust. I think they trust Questenberry, but they probably don't want him to have to play a whole bunch of snaps. I think adding one more veteran into that room would make a lot of sense, especially if it only cost you a day three pick or something like that. I feel like that's a good insurance policy. Um, Let's see if we want to answer anything else. Dan Fates, what's your favorite post-game beverage sale? Post-game beverage? Yep. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm not a big alcohol drinker. I do drink some alcohol if you want to go that route. I just really kind of grab a, a juice, a Gatorade, a soda. But I did stop by. Um, Eric Wood is in town for his fundraiser. And him and some of his friends were at Iliad Apollo. So I went there and I had a, uh, a seltzer. Like I think it was a white claw. I think I had there after the game today. Ain't no laws when you're drinking claws. So I'm a, co- I, I'm a co- I'm a coffee guy. Post game. Okay. I just need, I just totally need some energy. I just need yep. like a black coffee to get me some energy yep. because games are long. Um, all right. Let's say, do we need, do we need Odell? This is from Nicole. Do, do you think those do not need-, need Odell, but I, 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 I mean, if you, the more talent you collect, the better it can be, I guess, in a lot of ways, but I don't think they need Odell. I agree that they don't need him, but I love the idea of them getting him. That's where I'm at. I think the I more talent you can add, the better your chances are. And I don't want to hear anything about how it didn't work in some other places. He won a Super Bowl like eight months ago. Right. Bring as many of those guys in as you can. How do you stop a team that's got Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, and Odell Beckham? I, they only stop themselves. Probably you're right. I mean, but, uh, I, I don't, I, I don't doubt that they might be interested because of what you said, the window. I don't think you have to have them to win a super bowl though. I agree. All right. I'm just scrolling through to make sure that I'm not missing anything that we have to, one of them is, well, would you re- go ahead? I, I was going to ask you a question when you're all done. Let me know if you're done. Yeah, I'm done. Okay. We'll we'll end on this. Do you, have you seen, if you have, you just tell me if you have, have you seen the bills line against the chiefs and what it opened at? I have, I'm sorry. Okay. That's okay. It. So what do you think? It's the bills minus one and a half. They are one and a half point favorites. How's that hit you? Uh, 
I think they should be favorites, but I still wouldn't pick them at least right now. I think the chiefs are, I said this before the season started and we had our debate when we ranked all of the teams in the AFC, there is nothing the chiefs have done. I know they lost to the Colts that makes me think that they're not still the favorite. I think the bills are absolutely one of the best two teams in football, but I think the other team that's the best team in football is the chiefs. I think the top three right now are the chiefs, the bills and the Eagles. And everybody probably has a different order of where they would put those teams. I think all those three are in the same bucket. And then there's a pretty big drop off after that. So one and a half point favorites on the road. I think that probably makes sense considering how dominant the bills have been this year. I still just going in arrowhead against Patrick Mahomes with a banged up team still to me seems like a, a really tall task. They absolutely can win the game. Sure. I just don't know if they will win the game. Like I, I've been very confident about this. Is, they played five games. I've been very confident that they would win going into three of those games. I thought they would beat the dolphins, but I wasn't super confident about it. And I also wasn't super confident about the Rams game, just the stage. I, I didn't know what was going to happen. This game. I'm, I'm about where I was at with the dolphins. Like I, I think they're going to win, but I don't know if I would put money on them winning. I'm pretty surprised. They're actually favorites. I, I, I thought a while back, I figured they're only going to be underdogs in one game all year. That's going to be at the chiefs. Uh, that was after we knew there were favorites in LA I figured maybe in LA, you know, in the summer, I thought that, but they weren't I'm like, yeah, okay. It's the chiefs are going to be underdogs. No, they're not. They're favorite. They're not going to be underdogs all year, Matt. Right. They were favorite against LA, right? Well, the only way that they become an underdog is obviously there's a lot there, this way. This there, there, there's a lot of ways that a lot of people, if they weren't in the lineup, they would become underdogs. Yes. But if the chiefs go out and spank the Raiders on Monday night football, that line, that line will move. It, it, it could be a pick them. I don't think it'll move two points. Right. It could move a point though. It could move a point and a half though. And then if it's a pick them, this game, I, I really do. I don't want to get like super hyperbolic. I think this will be the best game of the year on the regular season in the NFL. And it will be uh Nance. Romo and Tracy Wolfson. Once again, they did the yes. game here in Buffalo on Sunday for the first time in five years. They were here. The last time they were here was that Gronk game when he hit Tredavious white in 2017. That was the last time that the um, bills had uh, the, the number one CBS crew. All right. Well, we've um, taken up a lot of time here. Matt and I are going to come your way again later this week to preview that game. I'm excited for it, Matt. It should be a, a really, really awesome week to get ready for a, a Buffalo bills game. I think this team is kind of right where everybody expected them to be right now and playing the team that a lot of people expected them to be playing for the AFC hierarchy. Absolutely. I want to end with one fun fact before yeah. we wrap up, this will be the fifth time the bills and the chiefs have played each other since the start of the 2020 season. There are two other teams that they have played five times during that stretch. Do you know who they are? You'll you'll get it because say it one more time. How many times? This this will be the fifth time since the start of 2020. Since the start of 2020, they've well, played. Uh, uh, there are two other teams they have played five times. Okay, that would be obviously the New England Patriots. Yes, because two, two, and then the playoff game, and then 2020. 20, oh, and then Miami. Exactly, because they Damn. played them once this year in the regular season already. So how about this? They have played the Chiefs more in the last two and a half years than they've played the Jets. That's amazing. And it's again in Kansas city. You know what? Remind me on our next episode. I'm going to explain to everybody why the bills keep playing in Kansas city. Seemingly. All okay. right. I get this question a lot. Why I think, because Matt, they're in Kansas city again next year, by the way, in 2023. And people always wonder why that is. I will explain that on the next episode. So, what a tease. Yes. All right. There we go. I'll explain that when we come back on the next episode later in the week. You will have no trouble finding that because you're going to subscribe to us and you're going to have that downloaded right into your iTunes or Spotify browser, whatever you, you do Odyssey app, however you listen. Thank you very much, Matt. You have a uh, great rest of the last, uh, great rest of the week, next couple of days. And we'll talk on Thursday, buddy. See you soon, buddy. All right. For Matt, I'm Sal. Thanks for tuning in and listening to it's always game day in Buffalo.